Welcome to the Obscure Pastor Podcast. I'm Drew Carpenter, your host on the podcast for all kinds of ministers and other followers of Jesus who work in relative obscurity. My guest today is Ryan Cagno. Ryan is a teaching pastor at Encounter Church of Palmyra, Pennsylvania. Ryan and I got to know each other better when we were both sitting for our credentialing interview for our denomination. I think the experience may have been more stressful than it should have been. What do you think, Ryan? <laughs> yeah, uh, mine was much more stressful than it should have been. Because apparently we were supposed to, so we write a long paper and we send it in. And then apparently they're supposed to send us responses to this paper in the mail and we review them before this interview that we have. And I never received those responses. So I came into the interview and got peppered with a bunch of questions that I was totally unprepared for. And they said, well, you know, like we said in our prior correspondence, and then I revealed I had no idea what they were talking about. So, you know, stressful, 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 but it worked out okay. Worked out okay. We both passed. So you passed, you passed too? I didn't ask oh, yeah. you. Yeah, we're on, we're on our way. Yeah, a couple more years and classes and different things, right? Sure. I've got two more classes to do, but we're uh, provisionally taken care of, I guess, or licensed. I don't mm-hmm. know. Anytime I baptize someone or marry them or anything like that, I just say, you know, there's a big asterisk on this right now. So I'll, I'll confirm your marriage in one or two years. Right. No refunds though. So yeah. Yeah. No, the checks, the check's been cashed. So sorry, but awesome. Well, can you briefly tell me about your current minister situation, kind of what you're doing, what kind of work, who you work with? Yeah. Uh, so I work at a church called Encounter. I'm, so I'm 31. 10 years ago when I was 21, I were thereabouts. I was a college student. I got involved with this church. Uh, and volunteering with their youth ministry. Then I interned in several capacities. Then I was a worship leader and a young adults pastor. And I went away to seminary four years, came back, and now I'm the quote-unquote teaching pastor, uh, which is a deceptive title. That normally means you're the week-by-week preacher. But I uh, I preach about once a month, and then I lead our Christian ed ministry, so primarily done through small groups. Uh, but anything else that falls under Christian education, uh, I lead that and I lead our missions team and uh, whatever else, you know, drops in the associate pastor bucket. So right now I'm doing a little bit of youth ministry too, kind of dabbling. Um, so a wide variety of things, but I think my lane and the thing that I enjoy and increasingly going to be focusing in is uh, Sunday morning preaching and uh, kind of integrating all that with, you know, how we're doing Christian ed broadly. Ryan, you agreed to come on the Obscure Pastor podcast. Why do you consider yourself to be obscure? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I mean, I'm a local pastor uh, in a small town in Pennsylvania that no one knows exists or can pronounce. Um, and I don't have like a internet presence or anything at this point, I guess. I mean, in a, in a internet world, that seems like an important thing. So I don't even have a podcast, Andrew. So you're so much less obscure than I am. Um, I'm helping you out, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Exposure, (laughs) exposure right now. It's happening. Uh, yeah, that's why I'd consider myself obscure. I'm just, you know, not necessarily speaking beyond these four walls to anyone else. Uh, yeah. 
so Palmyra uh, encounter is, I mean, there's several hundred people there every week, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, so we have like, we have about 600 adults and maybe like 140 kids on a Sunday morning. So it's uh it's not a small church by any means, not for this area, at least. I know you're from the South where that's like a church plant is 700 people. <laughs> sure. Sure. That's how, that's where they start with. Right. Up here, especially like in central PA, that's a pretty good sized church. And like I kind of alluded to whenever I reached out is that, you know, there, we all know people, you know, we're all not completely obscure. But we also, kind of feel like okay what would i what would i do if something happened and i found suddenly found myself to be the opposite of obscure like what what would you do i mean would you be prepared for that or would you just think i don't know how self-reflective are you i pray to god it never happens i guess but um that's a great question uh yeah i don't know i mean i'm inclined to say like no one's ready for those moments when they kind of you know transcend or cross over or whatever it is like i i think at its uh, uh, notoriety and 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 being known at a, a wider level is not necessarily something i pursue um i think if i do the work well uh the people that i respect and that i know of and that are no that are non obscure from my vantage point um, are people who have done the work well and have been committed and focused on on a vision and a mission and uh, that's carried them to a point where there was an audience for that or there was a need for that in the broader community and uh, so if that comes you know if focusing on the work now leads another direction that I would like to think I'll just keep my nose to the grindstone and keep working but mm -hmm. i really don't know probably i would try to just monetize it and you know get some maybe like do some cross branding like uh sell some some home health care products or i'd probably try to just you know, yeah like maybe like a line of candles or deodorant or that's my real answer i would quickly try to parlay my church fame into like Instagram fame, you know right. what I mean? Sure. And you'll get some of those, those preacher sneakers or something too, like those thousand dollar oh. sneakers that some of the, the, the big guys are wearing. Right. Is that like a thing? Yeah. I don't, yeah. Brock here always like, uh, makes fun of me because I don't dress well enough to, I guess, be a popular Christian. So maybe if I keep my pants like unacceptably baggy, then I won't ever have to worry about any of this, but yeah, you could totally market like some, some church styles and some different things. That's a good thought. That's a good thought. Oh, I'm not, I'm not promoting anything here. So, uh, <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for you to unleash your line of like, uh, you know, uh, your sneakers. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I, I bought my last pair of tennis shoes, sneakers in Texas at Academy and I got them on sale. So you can just, yeah. Where do you get inspiration to keep going in the midst of obscurity? Or maybe you think, I don't, I don't know, you're a young guy. So my thirties were great. You know, I think about that and forties are, forties are a different thing. Fifties are, I'm 50 now. And I'm like, okay, this is pretty good too. But thirties was really great. Cause you're kind of like, okay, I'm going to set the world on fire possibly. But what do you do when you're actually not setting the world on fire? 
Yeah. It's a hard question because I obviously am setting the world on fire, so it's hard to get out of that. <laughs> mm. uh, that's a joke. Yep. Yeah, everyone knows that. That's a great question. The driving force for me has been I've found that I enjoy. Uh, and it, you, generally when I say that, I mean like creative pursuits. Like uh, within the bounds of my day-to-day -day job right now, I can be creative to a point that excites me that energizes me that gets me to my job and going each day so i, I enjoy the day-to-day -day of that and i think when that goes away or if there's a season where it's all just administrative nonsense or if i get to the point in this job where there's no more kind of frontier create um then i could see myself becoming more listless and uninspired but at the moment, I honestly, uh, the work is the thing that um, inspires me and keeps me going in that way. In my 20s, in my early 20s, mid 20s, you know, out of college, not really knowing what to do. Um, this was a, a more pressing thing, uh, this obscurity question. Um, my mind would jump so quickly to, you know, um, other people's perception of things or how it would play in the open market or whatever it may be. You know, I, I used to be a songwriter, like a kind of a singer songwriter thing. And my mind would jump so quick. Like, you know, I'd barely finish writing a song before I was like thinking about all these other things and how it would play and, and the market for it and this and that and et cetera. And I'd get so bogged down in that stuff. Um, and then so discouraged, you know, when you pour all your time into writing and producing something, and then you go to play somewhere and there's like three people and two of them are your parents. And um, so definitely lost the inspiration there, lost the verve. And I think the mistake back then was just like, the art wasn't enough, like creating wasn't enough for me then. You know, I, it was a means to an end and the end was like notoriety and, you know, monetization. Mm -hmm. uh, so now, and you know, this is like straight out of the straight out of Ecclesiastes, right? This idea that you just, the work is good. I mean, to, it, to some degree it's toil and it is what it is, but like find a way to just like do it and, and enjoy it as much as you can do that. And uh, the work in and of itself and not all the things attached to it. Um, so that's honestly what I'm trying to do right now. And I, I feel blessed. I'm lucky that I have a job where I feel like I can dig into the work and be inspired and energized by it right now. So. Well, that's cool. You know, and I, I think of like writers and musicians that they write for themselves. You probably in your creative process, you're thinking, how can I help people connect with who God is and what God's trying to do in the world? And sometimes you're going to connect in that. Like I, th I find that when I go to teach or get ready to, lead a class or a group or whatever, I probably get more out of it than the people that hear me do because I did all that work. That's a great point. And there's just the way in which I engage with it. And I would also say, even in that communication task to other people trying to solve the problem or answer the question of how do I communicate this to other people? I mean, that's part of the creative task, I guess, in a nutshell, is like the communication side of it. How do you communicate effectively and create effectively for the good of other people. And that's, that's something that 
excites and energizes me as well. And the day that that stops and like the problems are all solved and I'm just like a curriculum factory or whatever, that would, uh, that'd be a, a dark day. <laughs> mm, yeah. That sounds pretty soul crushing. What advice would you give for other ministers like us who do great work? Um, but I might not do great work. I don't know. You, you probably do. What do you, what's your advice for ministers who aren't being noticed for the work that they're doing? Like they're serving in, I mean, in our conference alone, we're in the Atlantic conference and we have dozens of churches that have 50 and less congregants each week. But I know a lot of those guys and gals that serve in those churches and they love their people and they're working hard and they don't get a monthly stand up in front of 500 folks. They don't have necessarily have a podcast for their church. So the sermon goes out that way and other people can listen to it. What would you say to somebody at some of those smaller places where, or it could be a big place where they're just getting lost in the shuffle? Yeah. I, I hesitate to say anything because you know, I'm humbled to consider, you know, the opportunity I do have or quote unquote, the audience right now, uh, strictly numerically speaking, you know, there's a lot of people in, um, in a not so large town, you know, it's kind of like you do pretty, you do get noticed. You do pretty quickly bump into people, you know, at the grocery store every single time that are kind of like, Hey, such and such about your sermon or whatever it is. So, I don't know what advice I would have to give that <laughs> that would be received well. If if someone's in a smaller church and they're they're struggling with that, um, I guess what I would say is, if you like, how do you quantify um, gratitude or, or or being noticed in that way? Um, Whose notice are you looking for? Whose whose gratitude, admiration, respect are you seeking in that regard? I think some some of the advice that's been told me is the only way to survive doing something like this because getting up on a stage and preaching can really mess with your head very quickly if there's any kind of vanity or any kind of self-interest involved. It, 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 It can mess with your head so much. So the advice I was given was, Seek the approval of God, seek the approval of your family and seek the approval of a few people that you trust and respect. And if they think you're doing well, if like they think you preached well, if you, they think this or that curriculum you wrote is good, whatever it is, you're doing the work well, then like be satisfied in that. Um, that's what I, that's where I'm at, you know? And I think this naturally will happen too for some people like, you know, there's hundreds of people that hear a sermon on a given Sunday, but there's a select few people for whom the feedback really matters. Uh, ultimately, you want to know that God approves of what you're doing. And I care like what my wife thinks, what my daughter thinks, and what a few select friends think. Um, and I try my best to limit it to that and to value their approval um, solely you know, not even over other people's approval, but only their approval. Um, that's way easier said than done. I probably don't do that, but I don't really think there's anything to be gained from 
getting pats on the back from hundreds of people or whatever beyond, you know, the inflation of your ego. Sure. Sure. So to me, that sounds sort of like whether it's um, intentional or not, it's an accountability type of system where your wife's going to be honest with you most days. You know, you may have two or three other people that you work with that are like, "Mm, that wasn't your best or that was good. Or I really like how you said this and this really connected with me. Right. And so there's some accountability there with people that you trust. Correct. Yeah. And that's important. Um, You can, I mean, if you got, if you have itching ears for approval, you can go and find a couple people in your church thought what you did was awesome. And you can find some people that thought it was terrible and (laughs) you can find whatever you want to find, but you, you're actually interested in knowing how you're doing um, and knowing that you're valued then seek those people that you can trust. And I would have to imagine that in a church of 50 people, that you, that's still doable. You can still find that. I would actually, I'd be curious to ask the pastor of the 50 person church, like, do they, I mean, do they run into their own pastoral idol worship or putting the pastor on a pedestal? Cause sure. I'm, you know, I'm speaking in front of 500 people, et cetera, et cetera. But for those 50 people in that church, the pastor is like the person, you know, you're this, like, in some ways you're this very uh, exalted figure in their lives. So I would, I'd be so curious to ask that person, like (laughs) um, if they struggle with uh, you know, you matter a lot to those 50 people, I would imagine, you know, does that mess with your head at all? And that's a great point. So when I, when I send these questions around to folks to try to get them to be, to come onto this podcast, I give them an opportunity to ask or, or say, Hey, I'd like to talk about this when I come on here. And I really got to the sense of humor that Ryan has, because here's, here's what he asked me. Some people take me up on this offer and some people don't, but Ryan asked me to give him some impressions that I have of Pennsylvania so far compared with Texas and then my take on the new Star Wars films and politics, you know, topics that unify. So we'll probably steer clear of politics, although I have a feeling that there's going to be some controversial stuff on this podcast from time to time because I'm running the gamut of uh, different pastors and ministers that I'm speaking to. So that's going to be fun and interesting. Um, Pennsylvania, I love, I've been here three and a half years now. We love the fact that we get four seasons most yeah. most of the years. This year has been a little bit weird. Haven't got a lot of snow, and that's probably okay. Uh, and if we don't get any snow this rest of this year, that'll be all right with me. <laughs> so that's been fun because in Texas, like where I lived in Texas, it was kind of a week of spring, summer, a week of fall, kind of a blase winter and then we're back to spring and summer again and so i did not that that was kind of the stuff that i didn't enjoy about texas um pennsylvania um it's it's a beautiful place we can go five minutes and find a really beautiful hiking trail we can go check out a, a, a mountain they're not huge mountains but they are mountains and they're beautiful in texas i think the thing that i miss about texas is just people talk like me a little bit more than they do up here. And so I, I'm not a, when I lived in Texas, I didn't listen to a, a, a lot of 
country music or alt country music even but since i've moved up here i found myself gravitating even more so to some of that music like um Lori mckenna i think she's from boston but she's kind of a country americana gal and sturgill simpson and chris stapleton some of those kind of guys just so i can get that that southern voice in my head a little bit more often that's kind of where i'm at and then star wars films so you said you're 31 i saw the i saw all three of the first like the originals with han solo and luke skywalker i saw all three of those in the theaters when they first came out and so, wow, you're old. so yeah, I am old. I was like 1977 or so. Nostalgically, those three movies are my favorite. Oh wow! And then the ones that you probably grew up with, like The Phantom Menace and Revenge of the Sith. I don't yep. know what they. Yep. The, there's one other, but those I was probably in. I might have seen them in the theater, but I'm pretty sure a couple of times there was a period of my life where, if I sat down for very much time in a theater. I would just fall asleep. So I slept through a couple of those movies. That's and then good. now that my kids are older, we've gone, I mean, my kids are in their twenties now. We've kind of watched all the, all the new ones together. And then we watched all the old ones, like over Thanksgiving break and Christmas break, we watched every single one of them other than like the story. That was kind of fun. I, again, I slept through some of the Natalie Portman versions with uh, Liam Neeson and stuff. And, I just thought the directing was so bad on those and had all these great actors, but so that's what I think about star Wars. And then, yeah, we'll steer clear of politics for now. Um, <laughs> Why? <anyways. Why? laughs> yeah. Well, anyhow, uh, starting a podcast about politics and we'll have you on it so you can air your opinions out. You can, you could do that if you want to, and I can reserve the right to n- not come on there. So, um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll like blur out your face and distort your voice. That'd be cool. So we could do that. Undisclosed Brethren of Christ pastor from Reading. <laughs> There's only two of us, so I think we'd be in trouble if that happened. So for you, here's a couple of questions for you as we're getting ready to close this out. Who is your favorite musical artist? Oh my goodness. Ever? Um, it could be ever or it could be today. So you choose. Oh man. The past 10 years I've really been into the band Need to Breathe. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Kind of like a southernish rock band. Uh, I've been super into them for the last 10 years. All time? I don't know, dude. That's hard. Um, it's a great question. The Beatles? I don't know. All right. Are you a Beatles person? I like, I like the Beatles just fine. I have, no. I've heard of Need to Breathe, but I'm not super familiar with them. I have to check them out. Go look them up. All one word, Need to Breathe. They're, they're uh, exceptional. I'll check it out. I'd love to hear something about you that not very many people know. That not very many people know. <clears throat> On two separate occasions, I've played an Egyptian pharaoh in a, a musical theater production. That's awesome. Did you like shave your head or what was that like? Neither time did I shave my head. Or my chest and stomach, which I probably should have at least done the last. Pretty gruesome down there, but and not, and we'll just say that. Um, and not what? Not very Egyptian. We'll say that. Uh, the <laughs> yeah, the first one I was like, it was Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, so it was like an Elvis Pharaoh thing. So I had like a pompadour wig, and it was pretty well covered. 
the second one was in the musical Aida and I had like no clothes on. I was in college. So I'd rather not go down that road again. Ooh, you're an Aida. Is that like an opera? There's an opera. And then there's also a musical by Elton John. And I was in the latter. All right. Okay. Yeah, there's just mental images for you to just take home and do with them whatever you want. So, hey, man, I, I've got a theater geek in my household, and I love it. It's all good. So, I just I, I wouldn't call myself a theater geek. I just can't play sports. So it's like you got to do something when you're in school. You know, you got to house. You got to you know, you got to win the approval of others somehow. Amen. <laughs> all right. How can people find you if you want to be found? Trick question. Don't want to be found. Um, <laughs> uh, my name is Ryan Cagno and I'm on Facebook and you are welcome to become my friend and see all the pictures of my daughter and uh, funny memes that I post once every three weeks. Otherwise, uh, that's it, basically. No unless Twitter, want, no, Twitter no Instagram, anything like that, huh? That's my home address. I have an Instagram that I do not post anything on. Uh, I just use it to follow pictures of my nieces and my daughter when she's at my mom's. So <laughs> I am, <laughs> if we're talking internet obscurity, I'm the most obscure because I, uh, I can't deal with that stuff, but maybe someday. All right, well, that's cool. Well, I'll, I'll post a link to your, I don't know if I can even post a link to a Facebook page. I don't know if I can do that, but. We'll do, we'll do something and send them to the church. Of course, I'm not sure your church has like a, yeah, they may have a staff page, I guess, but you can just, you can just link a YouTube clip of me and Aida in college and that's all people need to know. Oh, wow. That, I might, I might see if I can do that. That might be fun. <laughs> all right. Oh, I apologize in advance, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh. I'm contemplating it. So, all right. Well, do you have anything else you'd like to add or say before we sign off for the day? Uh, no, it was, uh, it was enjoyable. All I have to say is you have a voice for radio. Let me tell you, it's a pleasure to listen to you talk. Oh, that makes me all gushy inside. I mean, the, the content, I could take it or leave it, but just the way you talk <laughs> is great. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they tell me when i preach man it's like okay whatever the content what you said but no I, wait it's the opposite of that i don't know the content's good it's the delivery that's not great that's different yeah they're so. wrong hey ryan i appreciate you coming on the podcast and yes, man it's been great to, great to talk to you i look forward to seeing you at the next uh atlantic conference or susquehanna conference event You've been listening to the Obscure Pastor Podcast. If you like the podcast, share it with a friend. Subscribe today and sign up at ObscurePastor.com for my brief weekly e-letter. It's a dose of encouragement and inspiration. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Drew Carpenter. So let's be friends.